see, listen, I know you don't really like to go cosmic too often, and I'm going to get you into Star Wars somehow, but uh, I know I haven't gotten there yet. (laughs) She's an alien. uh, She's got green skin and purple hair and this, like, purple lightsaber, and Mm -hmm. she was supposed to be a, like, really good Jedi. She got into be a knight at the age of, like, 16. Mm-hmm. And now that she's like older, she already has her own Padawan, and she's like this. Her stories of her following her with her Padawan while she's learning, like to be a Padawan, while she, but still also like she's a so, master now. So what's the Padawan? <laughs> <laughs> I feel it'll take some time. It's going to take some time. <laughs> the Padawan is like their little training sidekick. Okay. Oh, so like Yoda. All right, all right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Another Relaunch. My name is LZ. I am Keenan. What's up, Keenan? How are you? I'm doing all right. Um. Yep. Yes. I did, did I tell you I got my second vaccination shot? Oh, no. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I got it like two weeks ago. So they say you have to wait 14 days after the second shot to like consider yourself fully vaccinated. So now I am completely and fully vaccinated. I love it. Oh, that's right. I get my second one next week, I think. Like the week after that. So I got a little bit of time until I'm like, mm-hmm. until my hot girl summer can really start. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Memorial Day is right around the corner. So. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm going to miss it, but that's all right. <laughs> Summertime is coming right on up. You know, they, I think what they, what they say, all restrictions are up like June 21st, I think. Yeah. Like everywhere. Yeah. So you'll be, you'll be right in time for that. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Outside is calling. <laughs> you know? warm. The sun is shining. I'm with you. Oh my gosh, I started a new uh, job two weeks ago. Oh, okay. How's and, that? Uh, it's work, whatever. whatever. <laughs> and uh, they like asked me who my favorite superheroes were. <laughs> like they all, like always, they always do. And um. I always, with that question, I usually always say, like, two answers, and I try to give, like, my more popular faves or whatever. And I said, Invisible Woman from the Fantastic Four and Magneto. And you could tell, like, (laughs) everyone was like, oh, okay. (laughs) We get it. Um, I think when people ask me that question, I tend to kind of have the same thinking. So I'm always like, Aquaman. And they're like, oh, wow, like, Aquaman? I'm like... Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> that's my favorite hero. And so, but then like, oh, not Superman or Batman. And I'm just like, right. no, <laughs> we can stop talking now. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. <laughs> All right, um, let's get into these comics of the week. It's a pretty hefty lifts here. So we're gonna start off with Star Wars: The High Republic, okay. and um, I know you did not read this. I don't think I like that implication. I'm trying to get you into Star Wars. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do it yet. But. Because I knew, cause I knew you were going to say that before you even started, like, you know, going into the issue. I knew it was going to be like, I know you didn't read this, but I, I could have picked it up. I, see, listen, I know you don't really like to go cosmic too often. And I'm going to get you into Star Wars somehow, but uh, I know I haven't gotten there yet. 
<laughs> and this this was written by uh, Kevin Scott and art by Ario Anandito, and the cover is by Phil Noto. And I won't be too long with this. It's issue number five. I will say that like it's still good, but I don't think I like the main girl. And the main girl's name is Keith Trennis. Yeah. She is kind of the like that altruistic hero type. Uh, <laughs> I'm over it. I don't want it. <laughs> she kicks she kicks ass, which I would uh, she's dope in, in this issue. Uh last issue I talked about how like the huts arrived on this planet and now this is just the big fight between everyone. There was this monster that was taking control of people on the planet, and now the huts also appeared, so the Jedi are fighting the huts and later in the issue they all kind of get together so they decide to join up and fight the the monster but and they were some really cool action scenes in here dope uh art and some great uh lightsaber battles and stuff mm-hmm. again i just you know me <laughs> with characters and stuff like i don't know i don't really care about her how like trying to rise up and be this <laughs> like <laughs> altruistic hero um, however yeah, she's she's that. I don't know me. But I will say that I, I thought that this was only a miniseries, but I guess it actually is an ongoing. Okay. So there are other Jedi that they've announced throughout this whole High Republic era, um, one of which is like Bell Zetafar. I really want to see more of him. He is the guy that he, I put a picture of whatever, but he um, is a black human and has like dreadlocks and a little dog. I want to see more of him. And there were yeah. other Jedi that kind of appeared in this issue. Mm-hmm. And that made me realize that, okay, maybe this isn't a mini about Keeve and that the ongoing will maybe have some of the other characters pop up mm-hmm. in this. Um, okay, like okay. Her, her name Burn, who I think you would actually really like. Um, okay. she's, she's a alien. Uh, she's got green skin and purple hair and this like purple lightsaber. And mm-hmm. she was supposed to be a like really good Jedi. She got into be a knight at the age of like 16. Mm-hmm. And now that she's like older, she already has her own Padawan. And she's like, this her stories of her following her with her Padawan while she's learning like to be a Padawan, while she, but still also like she's a so, master now. So what's the Padawan? <laughs> <laughs> It's gonna take some time. It's gonna take some time. <laughs> <laughs> the is like their little training sidekick. Okay. Oh, so like Yoda. Yoda is a master. So think of like um, um, Yoda probably had Padawans that he trained. Like you start off as a, a Padawan. Okay. It's like a little trainee, and then then you graduate to become a knight, and then you become a master. And okay. um, most masters have a Padawan that they're training to become to help them become a knight. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna get you there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Overall, the issue was good. Um, Tarek and Suret, who are these twin uh, non-binary Jedi in the book, they okay. finally get to be reunited. They were going through it. <laughs> um, one of them had been on a ship fighting the. Um, the alien that the Earth was fighting while the other one was on the planet fighting huts all by itself, but they finally got to be able to get reunited, so that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, it was a it was a pretty good issue as far as the action goes. Keeve ends up um, finally 
getting through to her master, who hey, he had been mm-hmm. kind of wavering. He's like this lizard guy who I talked about before. He was actually fully possessed by the alien, so um, they had a whole like you know the moment of you gotta fight this and you know mm-hmm. break through okay. to you. So like it was a great, a really fun issue. I just don't think I <laughs> care about Keith. <laughs> I will be, I will definitely give it like a three point five out of five. So okay, so let me ask you: If the book, if you find like the book's ongoing, let's say you find out it focuses solely on Keeve, would you continue it versus finding out that like later on down the line you're going to learn about some of the other ones? So I don't think I want to continue it if it's only going to be about Keeve. However, like okay, um, the like main master Avar Chris is her name. She's like the one who's like the leader of the whole Starlight Citadel that they're on. She's kind of cool mm-hmm. and she kind of been making some appearances um but if if it's more that other jedi are going to be coming into it then i'll definitely keep it going but for right now i may be off of it and i may pop back in when other people start to pop back in okay that's fair all right next up is seven secrets number 11 by tom taylor and daniel d nicola and tell us more about this i haven't jumped in yet I know you haven't. Um, no one. There's a lot of people who have not jumped into this yet, and I honestly just, I don't. I, I won't spend too long on this because I give this book nothing but praises, and this is another one that's going to be the same. I think the story is like very compelling. We learn a little bit more about what happened to one of the older um, holders and uh, secret keepers. Um, some people die again. Like Tom Taylor's just telling a very heartfelt story here. Uh, the character work is great. The pages are beautiful. It looks amazing. The colors are fantastic. I don't really I, like. I don't know what else to say. I actually have a friend. I actually have a friend, DeAndre. He like went back and read this, and he like texted me. He's like, "Oh, I love this book." So oh. It's like, okay. I'm not just. I'm not just saying it's good. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what anyone's thinking, like I promise you, it's like actually a really good, enjoyable book. Um, it's yeah. It's it's great. Where where the the group is on the run right now, basically. Again, they're holders of like some of the biggest secrets in the world. Um, there's someone who's trying to get them to cause chaos. They're on the run. Their home base has been destroyed. People are dying left and right. They're fighting. It's great. It's great. Tom Taylor is great at this. What would you rate? And I'm like, I would rate this four out of five. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good book. It's honestly, I think it's honestly like one of the best comic books on the stands right now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> I need to catch up there because Tom is a great writer. I've enjoyed most of the stuff that he's put out. Um, I like his Nightwing a lot. So, um. mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, cool. Uh, well, keeping right along. Up next is Heroes Reborn number two by Jason Aaron and Dale Kiwan. My God, this is so good. This is so I can't good. believe you're reading this. <laughs> oh my god, honestly. So good. So let me tell you. So let me tell you. So I was like, read. So this entire issue is about Hyperion. And we are. So again, for those who don't know, in this, um, the Avengers never existed. Basically, Steve Rogers was never found from the ice. And so he was never able to, like, create the Avengers. Um, but in the end of the first issue, Blade goes to find Steve Rogers. And when he, like, finds him in the ice, Thor's god powers start to activate. And, like, Thor hasn't known he's, like, he doesn't use the god powers in this universe. But none of the Avengers ex- exist. Instead, we have the Squadron Supreme, and the Squadron Supreme are like paper cutouts of the Justice League. 
Now we have Hyperion, who is their Superman stand-in, and but instead of being a journalist, he's a teacher. He's an elementary school teacher. So we kind of see him like going back and forth as his job as a teacher versus like saving the world and like fighting off all these monsters. And we see like things like the Shi'ar ha- um, are mixed with like the Broad in this, oh. uh, or the Brood. The brood? Um, yeah, the brood. And um, so, like, it's like this weird hybrid monster thing that he's fighting off that's really cool. But, like, we just kind of see his day to day. And you actually kind of care about Hyperion a little bit. And he's talking about, like, I have all this power. And he's like, I just, like, need to, like, help people. And it's like, I can do so much. And he kind of, like, goes up and he he can be anywhere at any time. He, like, flies up at this one point. He's like, I listen to the entire world and I hear every voice that's going. And, like, I do my vision so I can see thousands of miles away and all this stuff. It's like, this is kind of cool. <laughs> Who knew you were a Hyperion fan? Okay. I, we're not going that far. I will say that it's like fun reading about him here. Again, I think this story is like just a big fun superhero type of thing. Like it's nothing super crazy about it. But by the end of the story, um, he like, there's this homeless man sitting outside of his school and he like goes and talks to him in Hyperion mode. And he's like, you know, you need to get away from here and blah, blah, blah. And the guy's just like, you know, I know something's wrong about this universe. And I know that, you know, something is wrong about this universe. Um, oh, even before that, there's a moment where Hyperion fights the Hulk. Bruce Banner has, yeah. So he's like fighting the Hulk and while he's fighting the Hulk, the Hulk is like saying this world is wrong. He's like, where he's trying to say like, where are the Avengers? Where's Steve? Like he's asking all these questions. So Hyperion actually kills him. Um, yeah. He like uses his heat vision and like, he talks about how he has to keep like incinerating his body. It's like good. Like, right. <laughs> so it's like, he like keeps shooting his heat vision out to like incinerate Hulk's body. Um, and he's like, I have to keep on doing it until he's like a puddle of like just radiation. And then he's like, um, but when Hulk is dying, he doesn't call out to God. He calls out for Steve. And so at the end of the issue, the homeless man turns out to be Steve Rogers out of the ice and Blade comes out as well. And he's like, all right, now they're going to work together. We got to get the world back. Okay. It's giving. Like... (laughs) Huh. It's really good. Like it's it sounds genuinely... like a pretty fun like Elseworlds kind of story too. And that's exactly what it is. Like it's just like okay, I can deal with this. Okay. And what would you rate this? A four out of five. Oh wow. I had, I had, a, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I, 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 I gotta go back, but I do feel like the art switches towards the end. I know Dale was on the beginning half, but I feel like once we get to the Steve Rogers pages, um, Ed McGinnis pops back in. But both are very great artists, so it looks good. It's fun. okay. All right, well, check that out, y'all. Get into Heroes Reborn, and we'll see what's going to be happening with the Avengers afterwards now, because aren't they on hiatus right now until this is done? Like, the entire Avengers line is pretty much suspended until this, and then they're going to come back with a brand new team. Yeah. It's going to be, like, Heroes Back or something. I don't remember what it's called. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, up next is Black Cat Number 6 by Jed McKay and Michael Dowling. Um, Tell us about this one, Keenan. I mean, this is also another book. I just, it's good. I, I don't know. I don't know what else. It's, it's, Jeb McKay doesn't disappoint, like, at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's back. Um, Felicia has been dealing with, like, finding out that this guy who trained her is dying, and so he kind of, like, made a deal with 
someone to um like he'll give them the state of New York and if he like makes it so he can live forever. And they just like get into like a big situation about it. It's a really fun book. It's another book that's just like really fun. Lots of really great character work. I don't know. I honestly think I think I, I might I'm not gonna say I'm gonna stop like reviewing it, but <laughs> it has it has it already reached um the Immortal Hulk status? I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. So I wouldn't I mean, yes, but no, but in different ways. I think of uh, the type of stories that they're trying to, trying to tell are just completely different. Immortal Hulk is like very much like fear, PTSD, like getting deep into this mindset um, in a very like kind of horrific way. Mm-hmm. Black Cat also gets into Felicia's mindset, but there's a bit more of a, the tone is more warm. There's a lot more comedic effect. It's a lot more help, uh, passionate, I guess. Okay. Uh, but they're both very great. I would recommend both to anyone. If you're a fan of them, read them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is this an ongoing or is it a miniseries? No, oh, it's an ongoing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, this it's a continuation from his last run. I think the last one we got like to 11 issues. And then we started getting events and stuff. And then this one rebooted. And so now it's just ongoing. I, I, she's been able to keep her own book going without it being attached to Spider-Man. I honestly couldn't tell you. Felicia has always been one of those characters that I kind of loved from afar. I felt like she was always like fun. She had a lot of things that I enjoy in characters um, from what I would see in stories that she appeared in, but I never followed any of her solo books or any of her. I'm not really a big Spider-Man fan, honestly. Right, right. That's fair. That's. I feel like that's mostly where she ever appeared. So that's why it's kind of cool that she has had this solo run kind of yeah. go without even needing him around in it. So shout out to her. Yeah, it's really cool. All right, up next is Guardians of the Galaxy number 14 by um, Al Ewing and Juan Frigeri. And uh, I did read this because Mm -hmm. absolutely. (laughs) Um, Again, this one, it was not as good, in my opinion, as some of the previous issues. But Mm -hmm. I think this was mostly because they're still, like, kind of building the team. Yeah. Um, So I was actually going to say that kind of same thing i think that i guess the explosiveness of the last issue kind of like wore off so i can like get into it a little bit more and i do realize i do wish this team was a little bit more pared down i think that it's so big and that there is a lot happening at one time so it's kind of hard to get attached to like any particular part of the story and sometimes it can feel a little disjointed like you're just jumping around a little bit too much i think that the characters who do get their times to shine in this book are like doing that great or um Phila, I think, kind of leading that secondary team on Ego is amazing. I, th- I thought the reveal of Ego being the planet that these three, like, kind of cultists were on was actually amazing as well. Yeah, I did, wasn't uh, expecting that. That was, like, super cool. So, uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think she's been great. Moondragon has been, like, a standout uh, in this entire series. Any issue she appears in. I didn't know I think I, I didn't know I had these kind of feelings for her before. I knew I, I know I liked her, but like uh-huh. she's given. <laughs> like she, she's like very quick, very smart, love mm-hmm. her. Um I think the moment that they had with Doom and Rocket, I think that was really fun of them like yeah. switching bodies and like hearing Doom's voice in Rocket's body was like great to see. Uh, but other than that, I don't really feel like I'm like super attached to anything else like that. And yeah. I just wanted to, I guess, I don't know, slow down a little bit. 
You know, I was okay with that in this issue only because I like big expanded rosters. So I knew I, I kind of figured that it was going to be a we're going to be popping in between each one and yeah. while while we're kind of building this team up. Probably as things become more of a cool down now that we have uh, Dr. Doom joining the roster. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that then they'll probably focus more where the where the fun actiony parts will be a team and then there'll yeah. be the cooldown moments between the characters also going on where we'll get more into them. So Yeah. Uh, I was we'll okay see. With, with with how big the team is this issue. It just wasn't as explosive as the last one. Um so we're still good. It's fine with me. It's still great. I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like I could do without a couple people. And then I honestly I had to like go back because I was like, I don't even remember who's on this team. I forgot no who was there. I I don't even remember seeing Hercules in this issue. Was he in it? Did he speak? He was not in this. Oh, see. No, he wasn't in this. Um Groot. <laughs> Groot was around. Groot you was. know, so that's the. I mean, but you know, he's not going to do anything but say I am Groot anyway, so that's why. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm still about Hercules. I'm still going to stick around for the book. Obviously, I have too many favorite <laughs> characters in it. Um, yeah. Wiccan is here. Wiccan and Star Lord are sharing panel time. I don't like the issue wins because of that. I really don't need anything else. Wiccan got uh, good <laughs> by uh, okay. Doctor Doom. Uh, yeah, he came from, uh, took that sword and. <laughs> did what needed to be done. He did. I also love that uh, Al Ewing continuously reminds everyone that Wiccan like is a reality warper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was a cool kind of call out too. <laughs> it was just like he's like he does. He's not really like magic. It's like you're a reality warper. It's like we just kind of call it magic. But I love that he because I, I honestly have a lot of people who ask me that all the time. They're like, "What are Wiccan's powers?" They're like, "Isn't he magic?" And I'm like, "No, he's not." <laughs> They're like, what kind of magic does he know? I'm like, he doesn't know any. <laughs> <laughs> I think people want him to have like chaos magic, you know. You know, we've moved beyond that. <laughs> <laughs> they want that relation, you know. People want it. We just gotta let that go. <laughs> <laughs> what would you rate this issue? Um, I would rate this one. I love the art. He's um, it, it, it reminds me of a lot of uh, Quapel. Yeah. Like you can tell he like has kind of studied that style a little bit. It's, it's I appreciate it. Um, I would probably give this a three point five out of five. Again, I do feel like the story's a little bit busy, but I think the uh, but again I think some of the reveals are like really great and that kind of carries the story. The art also is fantastic. I love the way this guy draws everybody. Yeah, I agree. I would also give it a 3.5 out of 5. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I think as issues further look to come, I think those will probably be more like the fours. Um, but, you know, mm-hmm. still a great issue. Definitely pick it up, y'all. Yeah. All right. Up next is X-Factor number 9 by Leah Williams and David Baldion. Um, Keenan, tell us about this because you know I didn't read it. Uh, nah, you know I didn't read it. Um <laughs> <laughs> So I honestly have not picked up. The, I only picked this issue up because Dazzler wasn't in it, and um, oh. and then I'm also I'm also going to pick up the next issue because it is the Hellfire Gala issue. But um, this book is ending in in the next issue with issue ten, and I feel like this issue kind of shows that. It also feels I've heard that uh, they didn't know that the book was ending 
at 10 before they got uh so it feels like she had to kind of cram a lot of stuff into this to like finish those stories off but we have two storylines that are going on siren is having some issues with the morgan that um she got back during the X Factor run when she like died or had I have to go. She became that. a goddess, right? Yeah, yes, that exactly. Um, it's like taking over, so they're trying to like free her from that. But then there's also in Mojo World they have to go and rescue Shatterstar because apparently Shatterstar is the one who is going to defeat the Morrigan. Okay. And. And they did say, I remember, I did read the first couple issues, and I think Lorna, or I think it was Lorna who said, like, they were going to come back and rescue Shadowstar for something, so that's, yeah. that makes sense they so, have to wrap that up. Like, there's, like, a prophecy or something that they find, and it's basically, like, has this kind of, it's Shatterstar. Like, whatever the prophecy says, like, it's basically Shatterstar, and so Northstar even says it. He's like, well, oh, we were going to go back and rescue him anyway, so... Um, it felt like she was kind of just like trying to tie all those up into this. Um, I think Baldion has like a really unique style. I think the way he lays, pa- he's very good with like a panel layout. I think it's very dynamic. It's extremely interesting. I think that his character faces can be a little off sometimes, a little bit wonky, but it's um, it's like very expressive. So it's like you get, you get the feeling that the character's trying to get. But I do also feel like, and sometimes with his panel layouts, he gets a little too busy with them. So sometimes it's hard to make out what's ex- exactly happening. Like there was the fight between Shatterstar and the Morrigan. And like there were just some parts of it. He like comes down and he like stabs Siren, but like she also splits in half. But I couldn't tell if he was like splitting her in half because they were still one person. I don't know. Um... Maybe I just have to go back and read it. Hmm. But okay. that was just for me. But like there are other pages that he has that's really great. There's um they do this thing where they're in kind of Rachel's mindscape. She's doing a chrono skimming thing and she has one half of the group in this mindscape and like the other half is just out in the real world and she's like cutting back and forth between them. She'll like put Northstar on hold while she's in the uh chrono skimming scape and then like go talk to Polaris. Uh Polaris does not do too much in this from what I can see. <laughs> She never did. Uh-huh. <laughs> she kind of, uh, she's standing around like watching over. Uh-huh. <laughs> she's like standing over and just watching over everything, but she is there in the book. Um, iBoy tells her how they figured something out, so that happened. I do not like iBoy at all. Like, every issue of this book I have read, even the things that I find can be enjoyable iBoy is consistently something that is not <laughs> mm. and um i kind of never want to see him again also a fair assessment i've never really liked him i, I think he's kind of annoying so i read that generation x series that he was in that christina um, christina strain wrote and um I don't really remember him too much from it, but I don't remember being like actively annoyed by him the way I am reading him in this book. Um, it, so is that, it like, does he turn up the teen speak? It's like, I'm not is sure how old like, he's supposed to be. And I get like, there he's a teenager, so it's like, there's going to be like, I guess, I guess his whole thing is that he's supposed to be like the optimistic, hopeful, like very youthful type of character, very positive, but he just comes off as like, a six-year-old or something and it's just like i do not enjoy it at all um prodigy is probably 
the best written character in this book to me. Oh, he does stuff. Yeah, he's actually he's actually a pretty a pretty good. Oh, player. okay. Like he started his own body farm to like do stuff with the acoustic. You know, his ability to uh, gain knowledge comes in handy a lot of times here. He actually apparently knows about the whole Shatterstar Dazzler long shot situation because he's still oh. next to Richter. <laughs> cool. So, so he's like the one who figures out that the prophecy is about him and how he has to be the one to defeat the Morgan. Um, I do like Shatterstar's little gladiator battle suit that he has when they go rescue him from Mojo World, which is kind of cool. And then the mutants invade Mojo World and they also um, basically kind of take it over. Magic like threatens Mojo and she is like, oh, like you're not going to tell our stories without us anymore. You're going to work for Kokoa now. And they make Wind Dancer the liaison between Mojo World and Krakoa. Oh, I like Wind Dancer. Yeah, the new X Men. The new X Men get a lot of shine in this book. I actually think Leia will be like great for a new X Men book. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I think she would be great with that. She would. Uh, she would do fantastic work with them. Every time I've seen her kind of use them throughout this, like they're probably the most enjoyable bits of it. Again, yeah. Um, I'm surprised they didn't just give her a book with them. I don't want to talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, yeah, that's pretty much the book wraps up. Uh, Dazzler and Shatterstar kind of have like a little moment. He's like, Dazzler, wait. And she's like, what? And he's like, you know, thanks for helping rescue me. And they just go their separate ways. Did you like uh, Dazzler in it? I know that's why you picked it up. But did you? She doesn't really. She doesn't really do so much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's like, yeah, it, it's not even worth noting. Um, but she's in it, and again, I do appreciate them. I like Sha- I like Shatterstar. I like Shatterstar, and I like Dazzler. So it was like I've kind of been waiting for them to have a moment since he found out that he was Dazzler's son. Mm-hmm. So that was like very exciting. Um, even if they didn't actually talk about anything. <laughs> uh. I wonder if they'll have a if he will have a like a reunion with Richter. Yes, I'm pretty sure that's going to happen in um, Excalibur. Okay. So so after he defeats the Morrigan, basically she like does something to Shatterstar, and it says like there's a little blurb in the book that's like, oh, what parting gifts did the Morrigan leave for Shatterstar and Siren? But for Shatterstar, it was like some like black. I guess uh, like a tether and you see it like kind of go through his chest and then there's like flashbacks to moments with him and Richter and then we see Richter at the Brodick Lighthouse and he feels it too. He's like, oh, something's happening. So, mm. Okay. We're probably, we're probably going to get that interaction there. Oh, good for them. Yeah. So. What would you rate it? Um, A three out of five. I think that Again, it just feels a little rushed. You can tell that like she was trying to cram a lot in there to finish the story off and get it done. Uh, and that just kind of like takes it down a little bit. Okay. But it was, it's fun. All right, cool. Well, go for X Factor. <laughs> um, that's kind of all I got for it. Up next is <laughs> uh, DC Festival of Heroes. The Asian superhero celebration. Now, I did not get to pick this up or read this. I know. You should go pick this up. Like, this was so, this was really good. This was like, this was, this is actually probably one of my favorite comics of the week. I actually have to like look at my phone because there's a lot of 
talent on this book. Yeah. And I, I, I do want to name a couple of them. Um, Amy Chu and Marcio Takara have like a fun story in there about okay. the Um Ooh. And that's really good. It features Cyborg, Blue Beetle, Superman, Batman, and Nubia show up. Okay. Uh, that so that was like fun to see like Nubia in the Trinity because who knows where Diana is? Yeah, well she's like off like I don't know. <laughs> she, she's like she's like fighting she's fighting Vikings or something like that in her book. I saw. Oh. Yeah, it's exciting for her. She's a fun girl. Um. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I have my comics digitally, so I have to go to my Comicsology app, and I like yes, didn't yes. find this issue. Um, but yeah, so we got a lot of good talent there. Um, we got Mariko Tamaki and Marcus Tao do a um, Cass Kane story, which is really enjoyable. Um, who else? There's a fun story with Connor Hawk. And he oh, I know you were standing for that. Yes. <laughs> Like standing, he actually meets um the Superman of China that's written by uh, Greg Pak, and it has art from Sumit Kumar who did that Outsiders backup in Future State. Oh, cool! Yeah, I like that Outsiders backup. Yeah, so it was like really fun to see his art again. Um, Ram V also has a story in here. There's like a bunch of pinups of like different Asian uh DC characters. So like uh, Cliff Chang has a Connor Hawk Tracy Thirteen picture. Um. There's Jen Bartel. That sounds like a book you want. (laughs) Okay. I actually tweeted DC with a picture, and I was like, this should actually be like a real book. I don't know what you guys are doing. Connor Hawk and Jen 13? That's all you want. Yeah, I was like, okay. Um, There's a Lady Shiva uh, pinup done by Kevin Weta. Jen Bartel did like Cheshire. So it's it's, it's a lot of fun stories in there. Oh, I like Cheshire. Yeah, like the art throughout is like really good. Every story is actually great. Again, you see a lot of the different Asian heroes of the DC universe. Uh, Ryan Choi's in there. Uh, like I said, Katana, Cass Kane, Superman. There's the other Green Lantern, Amiko Queen, um, Amikio Queen, I believe her name is. Um, great stuff. Like lots of great art. Sarah Kuhn, Victoria Ying, Alyssa Wong, Sean Chen. They're everywhere. Pick it up. I picked that up then for sure. Um, it's a, this this right here says a hundred page super spectacular. A hundred pages. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's we'll definitely it. pick that up, y'all. Support. Uh, these kind of books are like important, and you sh- you could probably read it and find a new character that you like. So definitely check it out. And that's also what I was telling people. You know, I think things like this it's it's great when it's good like this was good i think back to when marvel voices did the indigenous voices thing and how good that, that was, was really good yeah yeah like <laughs> <laughs> the talent is here baby like let's get it out yes um and it also reminds you um how interesting so many of these characters are and you don't even realize how many of them you actually enjoy it's just like oh wow like i love the asian dcu yeah give them all the things they're fantastic <laughs> absolutely so, yeah. All right, so Great. up up next and the last book of the week is X Corp number 1 by Teeny Howard and Albert Boche. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh apologies if I mispronounced that. And um the cover by David Aha. And I did not like this. I will say okay. that. <laughs> I did not. I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
because I thought that the premise was kind of cool, you know, uh, as far as there being the corporation of all the X Corp of all the X Men stuff, and you know, with the Krakoan uh, medicines going out, and we probably see all the different deals and stuff that we made there. But I don't know. This mm. kind of felt like a chore to get through while I was reading it. To the point where, like, I had to read it in parts because halfway through, I was like, I don't know. I got to take a break from this because this isn't clicking. And I came back to it mm-hmm. and I didn't really like it as um, much as I would have. So, the I art guess. Is also, like, just that's from a writing standpoint. The art is decent, I guess. I will say that this artist has really great like backgrounds and like settings and stuff i think that they are that is really great but as far as the characters their faces all seem so bland and i don't know they look like puppets (laughs) so i think i'm the opposite i thought this was fine okay Um, i didn't really dislike it i didn't really love it i thought it was perfectly middle of the road i but i also never thought the concept was interesting like from the moment that mutant corporate mutants X Corp was introduced, like I was just like, oh no, that is boring. Like I do not want to see mutants in the boardroom. I do not want to see them like Big Brother. And I also feel like, just from a real world standpoint, I feel like the book is very poorly timed. I don't think anybody really cares about capitalism right now. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> um, and nobody like wants to see Big Brother doing the work to get the money and being corrupt that because i'm pretty sure that's what eventually what's going to happen in this book is like corruption in the office and it's just kind of like we already know that i don't think i want to see it i don't think it's interesting but i do think like this i think this book did that it gave me corporate mutants in the boardroom and it was boring but it succeeded in that i didn't i didn't get that because i we weren't in the boardroom as much as I thought we were going to be. Well, I was I say to be more I like boardroom, like I say boardroom meta, uh, like metaphorically, uh, not in the actual boardroom. But I'm like I think about like Warren in like the meeting with the guy in Brazil. I think about Monet and them talking to Xavier about like the pharmaceuticals and stuff, and like her doing the recruitment. And also to me, I feel like this issue is very much a setup issue. Like right, yeah, meet the team meet the board we're putting them together and then i think like i guess that excitement of the boardroom and like the political and i guess yeah the politics of the office and all that stuff i expect that to come later okay maybe i was expecting that to happen in the first issue to really grab me kind of like remember in um i forget the x-men issue when um magneto eric i'm sorry magneto charles and apocalypse went and had the meeting with all the different uh, mm-hmm. people at the UN and stuff. I was expecting something like that. Mm. At least one, at least the board meeting that we had that we got in this mm-hmm. um, between Eric, um, between Angel and uh, that one guy in Brazil. I thought that even that exchange was going to give that kind of tone. Um, I get what you're saying. But so I guess there. so. I think for me, for me, I see those two things as like different. So, like, okay. when Xavier and Magneto and Apocalypse were them, that was, like, political. And I think political drama and corporate boardroom drama 
are going to be a little bit different. I don't think that the, I don't not to say that I don't think the corporate boardroom drama can be exciting, but I think a big thing about corporate drama is like what happens to their lives on the outside and how they kind of like bring that animosity into the workplace. Yeah. I don't think we saw enough of them on the outside to really like have any of that bite of like what's going on in the boardroom because i think about like mad mad men was like one of my favorite shows of all time but like one of the biggest things about it was that like it was boring you just saw people (laughs) sitting around in the office talking (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like yeah like okay but it's like you know the drama that's going on outside of their life and so you see them in that board. I mean, then some things exciting happened in the office too. Like a guy hung himself once before. So, but again, like, I think we just have to get to that. Right, right. I, I think, um, but again, I also think that the, I just think that the concept in itself is kind of like dull. I don't think it's something that needs to be its own book. Yeah. If that makes sense. But I do hope that this book has a very long run. Teeny is my girl. That's right, yes. And like I say that wholeheartedly. Like I, I, I know you mean it. I know you mean like, it. <laughs> <laughs> like that is my girl. I think I know she has her issues. I know she is still very much a new writer trying to find like her groove. It's going to take a lot of time and it's going to take some years. But I really don't care. Let her do it. <laughs> like let her do it. If okay. we have let Dan Slot, right for 25 years. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Mark Guggenheim come back and write a book whenever he wants. If we let all of these other people who have been mediocre at some point in their time come back and like write these stories and like do these things, or even before we let them come back, we let them like perfect their craft and like actually grow into what they can do, let her do it. And I get it. Like, it kind of feels like a practice run, and it involves some of our favorite characters. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. And so, like, that can be very frustrating. Yes, it can be. However, I don't know. I just don't. I, I guess for I also I'm also looking at a lot of Teeny's work as like I understand where she is right now as a writer, and like I'm not expecting any more from of her than what she, within where she is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not looking at her like, oh, yeah, I want like a Hickman level story from this. Like, it, I'm very much reading a Teeny Howard book saying, I know where Teeny Howard is in in her writing. I know that she's not always really going to give me what I want or expect, but she's going to try. And sometimes she might surprise you. And the ideas are there and they're very good and they can lead into something great that will help other people build onto new stories for their other books. We've seen other world in other places. We've seen, um, you know, hints of Araco and all these other things. And it's just kind of like, again, that's my girl. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what's up. Are you going? To, are you going to stick with this? Um, I, just, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was your girl. <laughs> but again, but again, it's like she is my girl. But again, um, I never thought this concept was something that was going to be interesting. I only picked it up just because I pick up all the first issues just to see what it's giving. But like, 
honestly, I would I wouldn't read this book even if it was written by a Jonathan Hickman. I wouldn't read this book if it was written by an Al Ewing. Like I don't think corporate I don't think mutants in the corporate world are interesting. I don't want to see that. I think it could have been, but I'm not sure if I'm gonna stick with this to see if this will be that. Um, I thought that uh, the I didn't know that Monet was this powerful of a telepath. I thought that like her telepathy was more like you had to be closer to her to use it and stuff like that because I knew that she had like a little bit of everything and but like it wasn't like high level of everything. But she was like using her telepathy from Brazil and all the way to Krakoa. I know she could do that. And I didn't know her penance form was like the Hulk kind of and was related to her emotions. I don't know. The whole penance form is new. Like she's never been able um, like to switch back and forth the way that she has. Like that's never been a thing. She was like trapped in it at one point in time and then she was free. Um, so like this is all new. So I think this is just new ground that they're trying to break with Monet and like the penance form and what it does. I think that she is a character who has always kind of been like, I guess like cool girl. Yeah. Like, She's pretty bombastic. Like she comes in, she's gonna give you a couple of one-liners. She's gonna shade your fave, try hard to mark a girl, things like that. Yeah. Um, but like underneath that exterior, they're supposed to be like this very like insecure kind of like frail girl who's scared of a lot of things. She struggles with a lot of like complexes and stuff like that. Um, I've been rereading a lot of Pad's X Factor, and I'll honestly say it feels very similar. She attracts a lot in the same way that she did theirs. Like, she lashes out at people. She, um, she's kind of, like, in your face, like, come at me. I think about even Woods X-Men during that, where she was doing some things, like, she was, like, fighting Rock Slide in the Danger Room, and she's like, hit me! And, like, she's like, you know, I gotta do this, and, like, but again, I get it. I, I think those are just supposed to be, like, cracks in her armor of things that we'll see. She's supposed to have, like, bravado is her whole thing, right? Yeah. Um... So I wasn't like that upset by anything that I saw of Monet. I did see, I did talk to some other Monet fans, and they were like telling me that <laughs> they were like the problem was that I'm rereading Pad's X Factor and like how a lot of Monet fans apparently don't like Pad's X Factor. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, if you are a Pad Factor, uh, Pad Factor, a Pad X Factor fan, please confirm or deny as if you like Monet. Also, um, I thought it was fine, but apparently I might be in the minority, and. So, I don't know. I was fine. I think Warren and Madrix are, like, two of the least interesting characters of the male X-Men. Probably, like, the most. I mean, that's kind of fair. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. yeah. I think I think Warren, as a character and a concept, is just unlikable. I, to me, Warren is, like, white privilege in comic book form. Like, he has the blonde hair, blue-eyed, angelic wing-powered, rich white guy. It's just kind of like what you what, what you want me to relate to. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's like and it's like even when you try and like relate to him and like they give him the archangel thing and like he switches back and forth and he's got the monster inside him and blah blah blah. It's like you are rich and you are white. Like your problem like I'm sorry. <laughs> Again like this is this this you are a rich white man and this comic just does not feel very timely. I do not want to read about the rich white man. Yeah. I uh I'm just not that interested. What did you what would you rate this? A three out of five. Oh, oh the art. I didn't I didn't talk about the art. So the art. 
Um, I agree with you very much that I think that the art has fantastic backgrounds, like everything, like um, the landscaping, the buildings, the foregrounds, yeah. fauna, plants, all that stuff. When you see the corporate world, like it looks really good. Like it's fantastic. Yes. The faces do need a little bit of work. It's rough. Um, you kind of get like floating, talking head vibes sometimes. I actually saw someone online say that Greg Lane would be perfect for this book. And I actually agree with that 100%. If you want good talking, smiling heads, nobody does that about <laughs> Greg Land. And I say this as someone who does not completely hate Greg Land. I know that he has the tracing issues. I get it. But I think when he is like put to task, he th- can turn out very serviceable work. I think about Cullen Bunn's X-Men run, Uncanny X-Men run. I think he was fine on that. Um, and he's supposed to be like super quick. And he can tell the story. Yeah, he's quick because he's tracing his stuff. <laughs> 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 and like his all the women are just well he doesn't trace, but, so but that's the thing he, he also doesn't do that anymore like i will i will admit there was a very strong a uh, very long period of time where he was like very heavy with like both the tracing and the porn faces and all of that stuff but i swear if you even go back and look at like i said cullen bun's uncanny x-men run you'll see how much he's toned a lot of that stuff down and it's actually very serviceable artwork um, but whatever. I'm not really here to defend Greg Land. <laughs> that is not like that's not my that is not on my agenda. <laughs> like, please. Um, but yes, uh, someone made that. I would give this issue a, a like 2.5 out of five. Okay, that's fair. I don't think I don't know if I'm gonna continue with it. I'll see you have I'll see what people talking about with the next issue and we'll see. But no one in this book are characters that I like. So and we usually with books like that, I get the first few issues to and like to see if I'm gonna turn into a fan of the characters or something. You know, I never know. Maybe they could surprise me or something, but like my brand isn't present in this, so I don't know how long I'm going. <laughs> I, I like Monet, I like Trinary. Those are the only two I like. But again, I don't think that I, I just don't think that. And again, yeah, I know you brought up the like again that Hickman issue with Apocalypse in them. And like while that was a fine issue, I also would not read a book about that. Oh, I would. <laughs> like no, like for me, I just don't think this is something that needs to be some like mutant stuff hijinks on the outside too, where they're like using their powers and stuff. I totally read that. No, like, I just don't think any of that needs to be its own book. I'm fine with it having the occasional spotlight issue or again being like a B plot in a different type of setting. But like all about that. No. Yeah. All right, y'all. Well, that are the comics of the week. Uh, Definitely. Please let us know what you guys have been pulling and reading and we'll take a break and come right back. Sweet. This is why Aquaman's costume was orange and green, because uh, they are apparently complementary colors to blue. And since he was going to be in the water, that's why they made his costume orange and green. I did not know that. Yeah. They're, they're, um, I will always be upset at that fact. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fun fact. I did not um, know that. Yeah, but that's a fun fact about Aquaman.
And so with that, we're back. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another panel. And so for today's panel, I've been reading Heroes Reborn. I know I said I wasn't going to, but I've been reading it and it's really good. And so obviously the whole premise of this is that it's a world without Avengers. And so basically it just kind of got me thinking about the Avengers as a whole and like their team, what they represent and all of that today. So today for our panel, we were going to do something fun. We've actually created our own Avengers teams, and we're going to discuss those and, you know, just talk a little bit about them and kind of get into them, because I guess, who doesn't know the Avengers these days? I mean, they are what they are. They are the That's like, <laughs> they like, they're up there. Yeah. They got they got. So, um, go ahead. I'll let you start. Let's, you look, is Wonder Man on your Avengers team? You know he is. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, before you even let us know your team, um, basically, let me know, let let the people know, who or what do the Avengers mean to you? Like, what do they represent? Who are they? Okay, so I know that people always like to talk about the Avengers being cops <laughs> and all that, which, yes, but in my opinion, the motif of a hero in that, in that description of what they do, they're all cops, so, like... <laughs> Um, yeah. It's kind of like ingrained <laughs> in like what a superhero does, but like that's a different topic. Um, yes, yes. So for me, I think that the, topic, by the way. that would be a great panel topic. <laughs> 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 um, but for me, I think the Avengers are the characters who come together. It's more they're more of like a um, like a job kind of. It's like yeah. it's like they all kind of are coworkers. They work together to um, protect the earth the planets that they kind of protect because they earth humans can't they have the power <laughs> to protect the people that can't so i kind of always associated them with that um yeah they are supposed to be just like the heroes of the of earth they're the ones that do the good things they're the ones that go out and make sure that you know uh people are safe and mm -hmm. the villains or whatever aren't killing people so they're the ones who handle all that kind of stuff um yeah what do you think they are to you um, I would agree. I also kind of agree that the, like, the cop part, um, again, I get what you're saying about like the heroes, but like, I think for me that the Avengers will always feel a little bit more like government sanctioned and that, you know, that they're, that they should kind of fit, unfortunately, a quota of like who they have and like what they have on there and like who they represent. I think that they should be a hero for the people, obviously, but like what the government thinks America would want to see. Like, they should always be a PR team, pretty much. Okay. Um, that aside, I do think that within that PR team, there is the ability to, like, make those close friendships. And I think that's a big difference between, like, the X-Men and the Avengers and why so many people, especially, like, minorities and, um, you know, the LGBT and all that, uh, go for the X-Men because their stories have always supposed to felt a little more closer to home. Like, family and like kind of sense of loss and like finding your people and all that where the avengers it feels more like work yeah these are my co-workers so the it's like um, superheroes in the traditional sense of the of that word they aren't well, you know and there <laughs> it is <laughs> um <clears throat> So yeah, that's who the Avengers have always been to me. I think that like with any job, you will find people who you connect with and like possibly take with you into the further parts of your life. However, I'm perfectly okay. Like people always ask me because I love Moon Knight. They're like, oh, what well, do you want Moon Knight in the Avengers? And I'm like, no, not really. 
like I'm perfectly okay with him like staying separate of those people maybe even getting close with like one or two and like bringing them along for the ride but like he's a-okay on his own he does not have to interact with them whatsoever yeah yeah i agree i have a few characters that are like that um i know people had asked if i ever wanted justice to ever join the avengers and he did at some point but his his story was that he was over that <laughs> like he's moved beyond that now he can do his own thing so that I have some faves. I'm like, I don't need them on that team. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so that's, do you have, and I, I think we've talked about this a little bit before too, but like, do you also kind of agree with now that there has to be like a certain type of grouping on the Avengers? Like you have to have like a Hulk or a, a Thor or Captain America. Yeah. I do remember we talked about it and I think I, I had heard that some of the Marvel like editors and stuff were saying that you, as long as you had like two or three of the original Avengers on your team, you could fill it with whatever, but you needed to have at least two or three of those. I think that, um, I think that the Avengers have kind of moved beyond that at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, primarily because the, the characters who I think are those mainstays have changed (laughs) in Mm -hmm. my opinion, um, than who they were as they were, when they first kind of came out. So I think before you kind of had to have a Iron Man, a mm-hmm. Thor or Captain America on your team, but now so many other characters have filled that role mm-hmm. um, that anybody could kind of do those. I also think that you don't even need to have those specific mantles on your team anymore for it to be the Avengers, um, especially yeah. if it's more like the government sanctioned thing. So I I actually kind of disagree. I feel like that yes, you don't. Ne- I don't. I feel like you need at least the 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 role or the symbol of it. I don't yeah. think you necessarily need those people, but like sure. I feel like your team should have like a Captain America or like at least some type of Iron Man or some type of like Thor type of person to like fill that gap. Um, but I don't think it has to be like specifically Steve Rogers, uh, Tony Stark, Bruce Banner, things like Odin that. Said, like it doesn't have to be him. Yeah. Although it could, I mean, either one's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm fine either way. Even even if it was like even if it was like Beta Ray Bill, like I'm fine. (laughs) Of course, if it was Beta Ray Bill, (laughs) like I would definitely take that. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um. And so with that, give me how how many people are on your team? I have a seven member team, and I do have a alternate who have like. Coming in and out. Yeah. Okay. 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 Hit me. Okay. So I know that we were talking about Avengers teams for this, but plot twist, I made a West <laughs> team. <laughs> I knew. I'm not gonna lie. I knew you were gonna do that. I knew it. I knew it was gonna happen. Because like even when you even when you were telling like I started thinking about how you were saying you've been rereading or you've been getting into West Coast Avengers. I was like, he's gonna come with like a West Coast Avengers team that's gonna like be led by Wonder Man. And it's like <laughs> not that predictable. Well, uh, you know, he isn't on the team. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, he is on the team, but he isn't leading. Um, okay. So the leader of the team. Do you want me to start there? Or uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Ahead. Sure. So the leader of this team is actually going to be a bit shocking and different because it kind of comes into a relaunch that I was going to do later. Um, but the leader of this team is actually Sue Storm. And um, because 
I'll I probably... should have expected that, but I did not expect that. <laughs> I should yeah. have, but I did not. Okay. Because okay. The I was going to have would be the Fantastic Four moving to the West Coast. Um, okay. Kind of where they started with the rocket launch, but that's a different story. Um, the leader of this would be Sue Storm, and mm-hmm. that's where the money coming from <laughs> because the uh, Fantastic Four and all their patents and stuff, that's where they would finance the team. Um, I would have Lightning, Living Lightning. He goes by Lightning now. Um, okay. He would be kind of like the blaster count on the team, um, gay Latino man. And I would also have White Tiger. Oh, um, okay. I wasn't yeah. expecting that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> throw white, I'd throw White Tiger on the team. Uh, let me remember uh, Ava, uh, Ava Ayala. I always get that. Okay. Ava Ayala, I'd have her Cause, on cause the there's team. there's been a few. Yeah. I'd throw her on there, and then I'd mm-hmm. have uh, Goliath, who I mentioned last week during my relaunch. This would be his hero moment. You know, where okay. I kind of have a villain. Goliath, he's yeah. back. All right. Um, I'm into it. Uh, um, Tom Foster, and then I'd have uh, Mockingbird. Um, Love it. Wonder Love it. Man. Obviously, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Kate Bishop as Hawkeye. Oh, okay, okay. I was not. Ex- I mean, outside of Wonder Man, I was not expecting this. This is a very oh, surprising really? team to me. Okay, okay. So like, to recap it, my team is Invisible Woman, Lightning, mm-hmm. White Tiger, Goliath, Mockingbird, Wonder Man, and Kate Bishop. And I said that I would have an alternate that would come in and out, and that would be She-Hulk. Okay. Love that. Love yeah. that. Okay. I'm, like, thinking about that now, like, the character dynamics She-Hulk, and stuff. And uh, it was, it's a toss-up between She-Hulk and Wolverine, Laura Kenny. You got uh, to have a Wolverine. <laughs> I thought you meant Logan. I mean, Laura's cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's fine. Um, nah, she's good. She's good. She deserves um, okay. I'm into that. I'm I, I'm shocked by White Tiger. Where did that come from? Um, as I was, you know, me and like team balances and stuff, you know, I yeah. look at like RPGs and like all that kind of stuff. So I'm looking at like, I got to have this type of character and that type of character. I wanted someone who had like a little bit of some mystic stuff there, but like kind of more street level stuff. So, uh, yeah, I went with her. I needed like a fighter on the team yeah. that wasn't that wasn't um another like black widow <laughs> you know <laughs> mockingbirds so okay there needs like way more stuff and i think this west coast avengers team is filled with like both street level and powerhouses so, so it's like a mix of all of it but still also like characters that could get some shine a lot yeah. so that's what i would do okay I'm into this. Very shocking. I like this. <laughs> okay. You didn't think I was going to switch it up. I know. People I didn't. Think I, was up, but... I didn't. I'm not going to lie. It makes me like look at my list like maybe I should redo mine because I definitely did not switch it up. <laughs> I feel like my list is very predictable. I wanted to come uh, in do a little West Coast thing, you know, being out here in L.A. And I was just I was just thinking so, so corporate. <laughs> so, so X-Force I mean X-Corp <laughs> um, You know Like my little government team Doing hero work So okay I'll, start. I'll go ahead with that I'll go ahead and give you my little Avengers team Got it down So um, 
obviously, Captain Falcon is okay. the leader of this team. He is my symbol of America. He's got his shield. He still actually still might have like a little bit more of a Falcon look than the Captain look. I kind of want him to start going by Captain Falcon now. I don't, is that too corny? A little. <laughs> I mean, but I feel like Captain America is corny. Captain America is corny, but it's kind of cemented. I would rather him just go by Falcon. Can he go by Falcon, but still be? I mean, I would love him. To, I, but I also like. I just like calling him Captain. That's pretty I, good. I just think. <laughs> he can. He can just be Falcon, and they can like call him Captain Falcon as a joke. How about that? Um, but Falcon is. Um, he's actually co-leading the team with She-Hulk. Oh, okay, okay. Um, She-Hulk comes in, and then so I should also say that the, my team is big. So you know how I usually like love small teams. Like I'm really uh five to six maybe like a uh, guest or two uh this team has 10 people on it mm. all right so, you expect past the seven that's a big okay. team <laughs> okay um so we have captain falcon and she hulk and then our team members come in we have wiccan <laughs> i should have known <laughs> i should have known i should have known everyone should have known yeah. um Wiccan, uh, Spectrum, Giant Man, but the Giant Man is Raz. It's not Hank or Scott. Um, okay. Firebird. Oh, okay. Coming in hot. Thor, Odinson. Okay. It's a powerful team. Yes. Really? <laughs> um, this one you also should have guessed. My space connection, Jack of Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> you knew that one was coming. You knew I it was coming. Known that one was coming. You knew that we gotta, we gotta, we, 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 we gotta take it to space. Um, and my final member, who I think this one actually might shock you a little bit, is um, Miss Marvel, Kamala. I thought you hated her. <laughs> Stop it. Not hate. Don't say that. Don't say that live. <laughs> um, she's not a character. I, I like other characters more than her. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. No. So she, I think. What the Avengers team is like, you know, this kid. I, she, well, so actually, I would like a little bit older version of Kamala. Um, oh, okay. But but not to get rid of the kid, just to like have her more confident and like her heroics like with this particular group. So because again, like I said, in my mind, this is the team that like the government kind of gets together. They say we need our heroes of the people. So like you said, this is a powerful team. You want your Avengers to be powerful. Like if they're going to defend the nation from who 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 do the Avengers fight? Every damn body. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like invasion, something, anything. You, you kind of want them to like, and I'm not saying the team is like necessarily like ran by the government or like handpicked by the government, but I'm saying like if you were to think of like that kind of team, that's what I imagine the Avengers to be like. Again, they are a PR team. They would have press conferences to announce who was on the roster. Yeah, like they always do. <laughs> like it's like they're it's a big thing. So you want them, and um, Kamala comes in as like a like I said a little bit older a little bit more confident in her heroics to have more of a voice to stand up against some of these people, um, which I feel like she has now, but again, just like with a little bit more experience to back it up. But then also, I think that the Avengers does need a heart, and I think she is the character who fits that role. Yeah. Like, she, she is the altruistic hero, and she brings in the, like, 
the Marvel branding. If you yeah. don't have Captain Marvel, you got Kamala. That's a good. That's a fair point. You know, I um, I used to read her books a lot, and when they, she first came out, and she really did kind of hit on that whole Spider-Man motif that mm-hmm. kind of happened with her as like the teenage hero still mm-hmm. trying to go through things. Um, I think now, kind of what you said, she is way more kind of comfortable with herself. Um, mm-hmm. I know that some of the I've seen people who read Champions books say that she isn't the best leader, but I think that was the point because she's still like growing in it. Yeah, um, exactly. You know what I mean? So I think that she uh, would make a great member of the of the Avengers. I don't really have like a. Actually, you know, my heart of the team was going to be Kate Bishop with Hawkeye. She's, oh, you know, uh, that fits for her. She's so. that's yeah, that's definitely a role that she's got like taken to heart. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I and I agree with that about Kamala. I used to read her books in the very beginning as well. Um, but again, I kind of fell off of them. We kind of hit my thing of like a kids and then b (laughs) (laughs) kamala is very much the altruistic hero like she is truth justice in the american way or the jersey way and (laughs) you know all about that heart and it's like that is great for her yeah but i'm gonna need my i'm gonna need my heroes to get a little dirty every now and then yeah i agree i like my characters to have a little bit more bite you know that's kind of why i've never liked that whole pacifist thing that they've tried to force on <laughs> Wonder Man. It's awful. He, he, You got some work to do there, buddy. Because I let do. me tell you, again, a pacifist who doesn't like the team he's on, you cannot be self-righteous and unhelpful. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's, that's not him. That's not him. Now, he is going to question the team he's on, but the pacifism thing, I think, came about because he was just too powerful, and um, the writer at the time didn't know what else to do with him. <laughs> so, uh, he could thrive on my West Coast Avengers team okay. <laughs> and, you know, finally break free of that. I think okay. that, like, um, yeah, I think that my team of this West Coast Avengers thing, there isn't a West Coast book out right now. And I think there should be kind of two. You've kind of become quite the little, like, West Coast Avengers thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I've noticed that. Like, you just really go up for them a little bit. Um, Did you read the the one written by Kelly Thompson? Actually, I haven't yet. Um, I heard I know I wanted to add to my list. Uh, There were a couple mutants that I think she actually created in that uh, for the series. And Quentin Quire was that's kind of why I wasn't sure if I was gonna like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I could be something like that focused on Quentin Quire the <laughs> yet. Quentin Quire, I think I think I didn't read it because it was like Quentin Quire and then Gwenpool. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. that, well, that wasn't for me. But I mean, I heard, I heard it was great. I, I hear like I hear it's an amazing book. Like yeah. I've heard nothing but really great things about it, and like we've talked about how great Kelly Thompson is as a writer. Um, and then she's writing Kate Bishop, in, and it's like, duh. Yeah. But Gwenpool Kate and, Bishop, but I don't need Gwenpool and Choir. I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't. <laughs> now, mm-hmm. with your Avengers team, mm-hmm. uh, did you did you feel like you had to fit certain like roles as far as powers were concerned? Like, did you feel like you kind of had um, to feel like this super strength character or something like that the way I did? And do you feel like the Avengers have to be that way? 
Uh, again, yes, a little bit. I, a little bit of it. I see. I don't necessarily know if it went for like powers, but again, I was kind of like with that symbols thing. Like I wanted to have like a Hulk. I wanted to have like that size changer, like the Wasp. I wanted to have a Thor. Um, my Captain America. You know that I did realize as I was kind of going through, I was like struggling to make sure the team wasn't just like my favorites versus what I felt like an Avengers team should be. Like. That's um, I try to like, st- I mean, obviously, like, I still like all of those characters on my book, uh, on my team. Um, and again, let, let me reiterate my team. Um, Captain America, Falcon, She-Hulk, Wiccan, Miss Marvel, Jack of Hearts, Spectrum, Thor, Firebird, Giant Man. I just actually realized I have Spectrum twice on here, so I guess that's only nine people in that tent. Um, yep, I include her twice. <laughs> I don't think we're going to go that far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, I tried to fit some of those motifs in there and really get that and not make sure that my team was... Because originally, if this was my favorites, it would have been like <laughs> Falcon, She-Hulk, Wiccan, Hellcat, Mockingbird, <laughs> Cersei. <laughs> oh, wow, that's the team. Uh, okay. Okay, maybe that should be the team, actually. <laughs> because I'm, like, talking, I'm like, oh, that's kind of into it. But, um, yeah, so that was that. Echo. Do you think that these Avengers are going to be on a team post-Heroes Reborn? Because uh, that's obvious what's going to happen out of this, right? Like, there's going to be a new... Yeah. Um, Thor will be... Um, yeah. Steve Rogers, more than likely. You think so? Yeah. They love the game, Steve Rogers. I figured they were going to shelve him for a little bit. What? The who? Who's going to replace him? Nobody. I don't... <laughs> so you're not going to have a Captain America right now? No. <laughs> not, not when you just had, not when you just had your critically acclaimed Fair. Disney Plus series. That's um, why you should have Falcon. You don't really need. I mean, <laughs> I'm not gonna argue with you about it. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> like I agree completely. Um, but hey, I unfortunately don't work for Marvel, so which you know that's that. So I don't. Yeah, there's Steve's gonna be on there. I'm pretty sure Thor will be on there because again, they're also a part of Heroes Reborn right now. Um, Blade. You're going to get Echo, Phoenix Echo. You think she's going to come back around after this is done? Yes, I do. I thought, that, I thought the whole thing was like, okay, I made her Phoenix, that's done, and we can, he's going to oh, do it. He's, he's going to bring her back. She's going to be on the team. I, can, mm-hmm. I can't guarantee it. I feel like I saw a preview cover of it, and they had who the members of the team were like, but they were all shaded out. But one was obviously a firebird. <laughs> like, okay. Very obvious. So, <laughs> yeah, she'll be back. Hmm. I wish I, I don't know who else would be on the team. A little bit there because us talking about who we would have on the team is making me really realize that it's always the same <laughs> like characters. And I feel like if you are constantly keeping that idea that the o- at least two or three of the OGs have to be there. Mm-hmm. That's filling up spots that other people I think could probably end up taking. Um, at least, at least with your idea, like you could have like just the mantle be present and it don't have to be them. You can yeah. kind of get 
switch some people to switch it up, but like I feel like bringing back Steve yeah. and Thor and all of them is like it's feeling like the same. I think I mean it does. I think, but I think they, <laughs> I think they kind of have now gotten a, a MCU synergy. Like yeah. that's just something that they have backing them up now. But I also think they kind of fall into that same entrapment as the O five do for the X Men. It's like they're the originals, so they always got to come back around yeah. somehow. They always got to come back around somehow, no matter how boring it gets. They started it, right? It's a housewives issue too. Is it? Yeah, like the OG. Like, people really can't let go of, like, the whole OG thing. It's like they always want to bring back a housewife. And it's like, (laughs) let it go. Like, we can... And don't don't get me wrong. Sometimes a housewife can come back. I get it. Like, the OGs do play their purposes sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I don't think we have to be so beholden to it. Like, like, Nini Silono? No, she left. And, baby, they will not... Like, (laughs) Like, the show apparently will never survive without me. The show will never survive without Phaedra, apparently. They want Sheree to come back. I know you don't know who these women are. But... I know some of them. I used to watch back in, the, back in like the first couple seasons. For the Chateau people Sheree. Who <laughs> yeah, there you go, Chateau Sheree. For the people who are listening, you know, they want Sheree to come back. Like, she left. She got fired, excuse me. And then they brought her back. Why and she, she, was... she got Liar. Back. Oh. <laughs> and she like, I mean, and she's liar, yes. Oh. And then she, like, then she came back and she flopped. So she left again, and they want her to come back again. And it's like, to do what? To do what? Like, let it go. <laughs> this, like, that is an example of a time where you have to let the OG go. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Because you still got fresh, fresh blood. Bring them in. It doesn't hurt. And I, I think that's what a lot of people, like, forget. And I know that's even been said about, um, like, the new X-Men. How they talk about, oh, how can you not even just the new X-Men, like, legacy heroes in general. Like, how can you kind of, like, let these heroes grow and, like, go into these new roles and, like, you can't replace the old people. But it's like, that is unfortunately life. Like, people learn these skills and then go into the job force and the teachers become their peers. And Mm -hmm. the peers eventually leave so the new people can come in. Like, you want people to leave so you can go to that next level. And it's going to be okay. You know, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but I saw someone post the side-by-side of those. Did you ever get those, uh, like, DC or Marvel encyclopedia books? Yes. Uh, someone posted a more recent one, uh, like, and they did, like, a the books each did a year-by-year, like, a showing of, of both the publishers, and it was DC and Marvel. And uh, DC's cover was, like, the Trinity, just in different years. <laughs> and, and Marvel, Marvel's cover had like one a third of it was like the original Avengers but the middle bigger section had like Miles Morales in it and Ms. Mm-hmm. Marvel and all these other characters who are like still around and stuff um, mm-hmm. and then it had another third of the page which was stuff from like the 90s yeah. um, and it really put out an emphasis that like they at least kind of try to get those new characters in there to kind of get them to become mainstays whereas like a DC Oh no, baby! You getting a <laughs> reboot, and we going back to the big seven. <laughs> okay, it's like you got too comfortable liking these new characters. I'm about to reboot my universe and wipe them out of existence. And so it's like peel out uh, the Waynes and put them in that alley because we're gonna see it again. Okay, do we have Superman back in his red trunks? You better <laughs> believe it. You better believe it. What a shame. I love it. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think I think Marvel at least will kind of try to switch up their teams post this Heroes Are Born thing and maybe not mm-hmm. all OGs. Um, if they're I mean, listening, think... if they wouldn't mind, you know, hearing me out on my <laughs> post team. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think these characters would be a team and a great book. Um, you know, um, I don't know. We'll see. I think I think Post Heroes Reborn, the lineup will be interesting. I, again, I think that they're going to have those OGs, Steve and Thor, but I think the rest of the team might be kind of surprising. But I will agree. I also think I want to see kind of an Avengers line again. I think yeah. I want multiple Avengers book. I want an Avengers and a new Avengers and a West Coast Avengers. And uh, Uncanny. Oh, no, I don't need an Uncanny Avengers. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want that. I don't want that. Um, no, but um, oh, I guess they're Savage Avengers right now. Oh yeah, I'm not reading that. <laughs> I'm not either. I think Conan was on it. I, that, that, it just doesn't. But again, like that's not my that's not my niche anymore. That's not the type of book I go for. Yeah, that used to be used to be that kind of girl, you know the <laughs> okay the killer. That you couldn't you couldn't keep me away. I mean, like, if, if they weren't killing on panel, I wasn't reading the book. <laughs> that was all you. <laughs> that was, like, those, especially, like, those um, X-Force days, Dark Rain, um, yeah. uh, uh, Remender's X-Force, even the Kyle Yost X-Force era, like, Dark Avengers. Ugh. That was, those, like, 15 years ago, though. Those are some good books. Classic. Why? Why? Now, why you have to? Why you have to put a year on it? That was unnecessary. <laughs> that was so unnecessary. <laughs> I'm just there. I'm done. All right, this panel's <laughs> over. We're gonna take a break. Thank you guys for talking about the Avengers. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, show a little skin. Show a little. All right, everybody, welcome back to your favorite part of the show, the relax section. Yeah. Um, would you like to go first, or would you like me to go first? Um, uh, I can go first. Can okay. Go first. Hit um, us. So my relaunch is um. More on the villainous side, y'all. Y'all know I love a I love a robot <laughs> because they always end up just get things done. You know, mm-hmm. they like I love a villain that it will they actually get their plans completed. It's like whatever I wanted to do, I got it done. The, usually the robots end up doing it. They always lose at the end because the hero got to win. But like I love a robot. It also also gives the hero a chance to use their powers like at the full capacity because they just find a robot. Um, mm-hmm. So my relaunch is actually Ultron. So um, the last okay. y'all know y'all know who Ultron is. The H Ultron is the robot, the AI that Hank Pym created, who ends up turning evil. He created Vision um, to be his like you know little protege, but that didn't turn out very well. And uh, yeah, he's just been a villain for the Avengers for a while. Now with my relaunch, the last time we saw him, um, we he was kind of fused with Hank Pym. Yeah, and they were like, I remember uh, Pimtron. I, I kind of, yeah, Pimtron is what we were calling them. Um, so I would separate the two of them, 
Mm-hmm. They just completely let Pym just kind of die. And whatever. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Hank Pym, um, he is a little bit of a problematic character, and you kind of can't really save him from the things that he's done. So okay. it's best to just kind of let it go <laughs> for okay. a little bit. Um, you separate the two of them, and then I would have Ultron come back and be on a mission to, uh, like, resurrect Nimrod, the robot who is the advanced Sentinel, and uh, I would have the two of them kind of working together to wipe out humanity. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, you know... So, you know, the robot, um, the Machine Uprising is actually, like, one of my top three apocalypse fears. Oh, really? <laughs> because I really do think it's going to happen. Like, 150%. The Machine Uprising is 100% coming. It is going to be very swift. I hope everyone has some type of, like, just protection ready of some sort. Be very nice to your Alexas and your series. And all of those things that you talk to. Because... And they've been watching. Okay. Why do you think you talk about something and then you go on your phone and there's an ad for it? All right? All the time. <laughs> all right. It's it's scary. So um, I'm into that. Because both... I feel like... And it's it, that, the, that duo is scary because, like you said, uh, they're both very successful in a lot of the things that they set out to do. And so it's like them together working to wipe out humanity. It's like, oh, that could actually happen. <laughs> and I think that would make a great like event to kind of bring Ultron back around. And yeah. again, like I said, I feel like the robots are fun to me because not only are they just out to get whatever mission they got done, but... The heroes also get to, like, really, you know, the action gets cranked up because they actually get to fight. Yeah, 100%. Okay. I'm into that. I'm into that. All right. My my relaunch, my relaunch is actually on the villainous side as well. Um, okay. It is the character, Car- Clara Plass. Do you remember her? She is. She was a part of the Runaways. So there was an arc in the Runaways where they went to the past. And they mm-hmm. found this little girl. She was, like, married to some old guy. They, like, rescued her or whatever. She could control plants and things like that. And so, this is yeah, from the they, original one? Uh, yes. Yeah. And they brought her to the present with them. And she, like, joined the team. She was always kind of, like, a weird, awkward extra member of the team. She didn't, like, say too much. And she was kind of <laughs> racist and homophobic. because of of like i guess the time frame she came from you know that was like things she didn't really like she called the black girls having um she called her a negress (laughs) (laughs) and then like she saw nico and carolina kissing and she was like oh that's not what girls do Mm -hmm. um so it was a thing so um gosh i can't remember the writer but another writer came on after that and basically tried to make it more so that like she wasn't really hateful it's just like she didn't really know Uh, she obviously didn't understand she was a child but again like clara is just kind of one of those characters who got tossed to the wayside so we didn't see too much of her anyway but i would bring her back and i would actually make her a villain for the runaways i think that them kind of like losing another member not necessarily in death but to the point of like villainy kind of like how they did with the guy alex and just like not being able to bring them back and like someone who they were kind of also supposed to be protecting and they like i said just pushed to the wayside pushed her to that path plus she has like really interesting powers with plant control you know she's basically marvel's poison ivy a little bit 
And so I think that would be like a fun thing for them to go up against. Ooh. Okay, that would be really fun. I think they probably need some bigger villains and some new fresh villains anyway. So that would be really fun. And I feel like we don't ever see like plant control powers in we don't. on the Marvel side. We don't ever see a lot of that in we see a lot of like fire type characters, but they don't last. No. Where they get like they they like or they burn out very quickly. I think <laughs> human, human torch is probably the most successful one. Yeah, but yeah. I get it. Fire is too destructive. But plant, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I guess like plant earth control is also very destructive when you think about it. Um, I mean, there's those kind of characters either. Yeah, and I was about to say like there's only one storm. <laughs> <laughs> right. But don't nobody else control the weather. I guess you don't want the folks who are messing up the ecosystem too much. Yeah. Maybe we should have a panel on that there to talk about like elemental characters and how their needs to where they at. <laughs> where are they? Where they at? <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. That brings us to the end of the show. Before we get uh, out of here, though, uh, we're going to have a reread next week. Yeah. And um, which were you thinking? Did you want to do No Surrender or Civil War? Oh my gosh, so you know I've been rereading um, Well, I've not been rereading I have started reading New Warriors for the first time And okay. I have fallen in love With Speedball And okay. so I actually plan to read Civil War again Because I, now that I have a new Found appreciation for Speedball I want to like get back into the turn from Speedball To Penance when he was on the Thunderbolts Okay and, like Take that all in his new character journey So um I'm down for Civil War. We talk about Civil War 2 a lot. Let's go back to the original. Yes. <laughs> Let's just completely forget the sequel. And let's go let's to the original. remember what started it all. Yeah. And then maybe we can even then we can go back and watch the movie. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Well, then join us next week where we will be discussing uh, Civil War, the comic, the first seven issues. And uh, yeah, we'll talk about it there and see what you guys think. So... You can find us um, on Twitter and Instagram at Another Relaunch. You can find us on YouTube at Another Relaunch TV. Uh, you can find me at Uncanny LZ on most pl- social media platforms. Keenan, where can they find you? You guys can find me at Keenan Lance. You know there is an underscore at the end. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a good job, man. <laughs> All right, y'all. Let's get up out of here. All right, peace.